Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumph and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives. In season two, we're highlighting Bentonville's thriving and growing mobility sector, where we're pushing boundaries and making history. Get ready to hear about everything from bikes to aerobatic planes to drones, air taxis, flying cars, and a whole lot more. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. This season, we're talking about Bentonville's mobility industry, and this is a special episode because it's the very first episode, and I'm thrilled to have with me today Cyrus Sagari. Cyrus is um, an aviator, entrepreneur, and investor, and he has committed his life to extending the benefits of mobility to all of humanity. He's considered one of the world's foremost experts in the future of mobility, especially advanced aerial mobility. Among other roles, Cyrus is co-founder and managing partner of Up Partners. He's chairman of the Future of Mobility Council for the state of Arkansas, and he sits on the board of Game Composites, a Bentonville-based aerobatic aircraft company with incredibly fast and nimble planes, and from what I can tell, are only limited by their pilots. So let's go wheels up. Cyrus, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to visiting with you and uh, talking about all the great things happening in Northwest Arkansas and mobility and having some fun. Wonderful. So let's start our climb with an easy question. What should our audience know about Cyrus Sagari, including your passion for flying? Well, I'm you know, I started flying when I was a little kid. I started uh, when I was 11 years old, and uh, and I haven't stopped stopped looking up ever since. And uh, soloed at 16, got my license at 17, was one of the youngest flight instructors in the country at 18. Went to university, study aerospace engineering, and then uh, worked as an engineer to design airplanes and as a propulsion t- uh, systems engineer on small jets, and then a flight test engineer and a test pilot, and um, then a salesperson, and then started selling airplanes about uh, almost 20 years ago, and. Um, have had the incredible benefit of uh, flight being a huge part of my life for uh, about 30 years and flown all around the world in the most incredible vehicles with the most incredible people and the most incredible experiences. I've had crazy, scary experiences. I've had some pretty fun experiences. And uh, it's really given me a different perspective around the world. And uh, it's, it's one of the greatest unifiers for humanity, uh, which is why I'm so passionate about it, because it really helps bring people together um, and gives them the opportunity to have adventure and fellowship. And so uh, I could probably talk for a few hours about all the things around flight that got me pretty fired up, but uh, I know we don't have that much time. And that's that's awesome. You're living my dream. <laughs> um, Cyrus, when you agreed to join me for the podcast, the first thing I thought was, hell yes. And uh, I didn't even realize at the time, embarrassingly, that that is uh, your investment mantra. So uh, with that said, can you tell us about Up Partners and why you and your partners started the firm? Sure. So um, I'd say hell yes is beyond just uh, our investment mantra. It's really sort of a, a way of life of thinking how you make decisions, how you spend your time and energy. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But Up Partners is an early stage venture capital firm that's investing in technologies that help move people and goods cleaner, faster, safer, lower cost on the ground, in the air, in the sea, and in space. And um, as a firm, along with my partners, we believe that we're kind of at this really unique 
point in, in the existence of humanity where um, mobility is changing very rapidly uh, in such a way that it can really increase the quality of life for humanity. And the way we like to think about it is that we're on the precipice of a second internet. The first internet provided very low latency access to information. I want to know something, I know it, and I know it for free, practically. Um, the second internet is really the internet of matter. How I want to be somewhere or I want something, it's there. And it's there very inexpensively without tearing up the environment. It's there safely, very quietly. And so if you think about um, teleportation of ourselves and of goods, uh, maybe not directly through teleportation, but being able to use technologies to be able to uh, move people and goods cleaner, faster, safer, lower cost. It really exp- it goes across all different boundaries of mobility from things on the ground, things in the sky to things in space and things in sea. And so um, our, our work is investing in the incredible entrepreneurs that are um, creating this utopian future that uh, we were all promised since we were little kids, like the Jetsons. And um, it's, uh, it's qu- quite a bit of fun and it's hugely... Uh, there's a lot of activity from a capital perspective going here, from an entrepreneur's perspective, from an academic perspective, and, uh, and particularly in the region. Uh, the region's quickly becoming one of, if not the ep- largest epicenters around this future of mobility that um, has got me pretty fired up about what's going on in Arkansas and, and supporting it. That's great. I can't wait to talk more about that uh, here in a moment. Uh, I'd love to hear about some of the companies that you've invested in. It's uh, it's a pretty wide range of of companies from literally things on the ground, things in the air, sea, and space. Um, <clears throat> we recently made an investment into a company called Axiom Space. Axiom Space is going to be creating the next space station, the International Space Station (ISNS) um, that we created in partnership with the United States and a bunch of other countries. That's going to be retired after 2030, and NASA has. Um, made a commitment, just like they did to SpaceX, to support SpaceX to launch astronauts up to space uh, to a private company called Axiom Space, which has won the contract to build this future space station. And so um, that's that's a pretty exciting uh, investment. We we also made an investment in a company called Beta Technologies, which actually launched their product publicly at uh, an event we hosted, co-hosted in Bentonville with Tom and Stuart Walton back in 2018, uh, which is a flying car. Um, it's a uh, vehicle that... Um, can take off vertically, can fly horizontally, like a helicopter, like an airplane, but it's fully electric and it's uh, almost free to fly. And just a few weeks ago, that vehicle flew to Bentonville from Burlington, Vermont, um, and it made seven stops, 250 nautical miles at a time. And each stop only cost about $17 worth of electricity to fuel it up. So it's practically free to fly, like I said earlier. And the largest customers for a company like that are, are logistics companies. So like UPS is using uh, Beta's te- technolo- Beta Technologies vehicle for moving packages. Um, United Therapeutics, a um, healthcare company that's moving organs is going to be using it. Another really cool, interesting company is a company called um, Voyant Photonics, which is uh, developing uh, something called Silicon, Photon- uh, Silicon Photonics-based LiDAR. So LiDAR is laser-based sensors to figure out where the physical world is. If you see those autonomous cars with the spinny things on top, mm-hmm. uh, those are LiDAR sensors. And generally, they're very expensive, they're very big, and they can't really fit anywhere that looks normal. And uh, this company, Voyant Photonics, has developed technology where they can print the entire sensor onto a, a chip that fits on your fingertip and uses almost no electricity, and it's it's very, very efficient. So, you know, if you think about investing in technology companies around moving think- people and goods on the ground, air, sea, and space, you really need to know where things are around you. And uh, and so that's just an example. But we've invested in 
um, a, a lot of companies. And there's just a few that kind of jump out that are, are pretty exciting and fun. Man, that's so cool. I, I feel like these things, uh, when I was a child, we thought that they might be in the future. Uh, but as I got older, it didn't seem that they were coming. And then all of a sudden, uh, here they all seem to be. And I know it took a lot more work than, than this all of a sudden that people have really been working toward it. Um, you know, as a recovering entrepreneur turned economic developer, I don't know if that you ever recover as an entrepreneur, but um, I have to ask, what are the top two to three things that you look for in a deal or in founders? Well, um, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a few things. Um, let's talk about the founder part of it first. Being an entrepreneur is really, 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 really hard. You know, something like, I don't know the exact statistic, but, you know, on the order of 95% of companies fail within the first five years. And, um, and having started a few businesses and, um, and definitely taken my, my lumps along the way, I understand mm-hmm. it. It's, uh, you know, you got to have a combination of grit of being too stupid to know when to stop, you know, cause you can t- keep plowing through a wall. And a lot of other p- folks may have told you to stop and not stopping may have been what got you through that, that wall and, and allowed you to, to survive, uh, being very quick on your feet to pivot in difficult circumstances. I mean, look at the environment in the last two years, you went from, Entrepreneurs having to deal with, you know, pandemic, the world shutting down and then coming back to life and then dealing with, you know, a war in, in Ukraine that's kind of had its impact and then inflation and then, you know, now a recession. Like we've had a lifetime's worth of, of pivots required for entrepreneurs in the last 24 months. And so I think today's entrepreneur needs to really be really, really quick on their feet and be able to, um, to kind of see where things are going and, and, and be able to make those sorts of pivots. Um, so grit is probably the number one thing. That's, that's not a thing you can really teach. That's something that somebody's got to have either built into them and, and through a lot of experience built on the topic of the, the types of deals, you know, we generally look for, um, technologies that meet our thesis of transforming the moving world, which goes back to that moving people and goods cleaner, faster, safer, lower costs, uh, across all these different domains. But first, is it like technically possible? Like, you know, is physics a block to the way of this happening? If the answer is no, <laughs> that, that conversation stops pretty quick. And you'd be surprised. We, you know, we see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies come across our desk and uh, not literally thousands of companies on an annual basis. I think we'll be at like 4,000 companies to look at this year. Um, a lot of them are like just physics won't do it. And as an engineer and a team of partners that understand physics and engineering, you're like, okay, that makes it pretty simple. Then um, if physics does it is, are we on a technology pathway that will allow it to be realized in a rational economic term? Okay. Mm-hmm. So as investors, our job is to take capital, put it into something and then get back more of it in a certain timeline. For us, it's about 10 years. We're making about 10 year bets. So, so are we in the right time for a technology? So that, you know, pretty much anything we can imagine likely will happen in the future, which is a pretty crazy thought. Yeah. Anything you can imagine will likely happen in the future. And, um, but just, are you smart enough to pick when it's going to happen to be able to invest in those technologies? Then it's really, is it needed? Like, is this something that's going to make the world a better place? You know, truthfully, I'm not all that particularly interested in investing in another social media company or something that's just trying to steal people's eyeballs to Mm -hmm. sell them something, you know, deeply in our hearts, we want to be supporting entrepreneurs and companies that are creating technologies that are increasing the quality of life for humanity. And, um, and that's hard enough, you know, trying to be able to do all that, um, you know, amongst a few things. So as an entrepreneur, somebody that's got a lot of grit that can blow through, you know, concrete walls, that's coming up with a technology that physics will physically allow to happen, 
that can be realized in a timeline that's rational? And then ultimately, is this the thing that people need? And then you can start to build sort of things around that. But we literally invest in about 1% of the companies that we, we look at. Um, and there's quite a few things beyond that, but just those are a handful of things that we think about. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing those. Uh, you know, I cut my teeth in the medical device and health tech industry, and I see a lot of similarities uh, between the reasons why one should invest in a, a company in that space and uh, in this space. Um, you know, Up Partners is, of course, the host of the, the Up Summit, uh, which I'll let you describe. Uh, but first, I want to thank you for um, having all the world's mobility toys here a few weeks ago. I uh, took my family out to the uh, community uh, day for Up Summit, and we had a blast. I felt like it was a stepping right into an episode of the Jetsons. It really felt like that. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, I'm so happy you and your, your family uh, were able to come out to that. And frankly, you know, the Up Summit is now, it's, we've been doing it for a few years. We started the first one in 2017. Uh, the one we just did in, in Bentonville um, a few weeks ago was different for a few reasons. And the number one reason that it's, it was different and that I was so excited about was our community day, uh, which was to uh, be able to have, you know, an entire community come out and see these incredible technologies, these Jetsons-like vehicles and these autonomous cars and trucks and planes. And, and to see little kids, mm-hmm. their eyes light up. And to see them realize, hey, you know, they could be a part of helping create this new future. That if we just did the community day, I would have been happy uh, because we don't know who, what child we inspire that could go create the next, be the next Elon Musk. And so, so that was a lot of fun. Um, moving past the community day, you know, it really helped sort of anchor the ability to do that um, was the core up summit, which is um, a gathering of the global leaders in the future of transportation and logistics. And uh, so we had about 250 people fly in from around the world. We had about 40 com- countries represented, about a trillion dollars of investable capital, some of the largest wow. companies in the world from Boeing, Airbus, Chevron, uh, to folks from Ford and uh, Toyota, and um, really uh, a tremendous amount of entrepreneurs developing technologies in this space. And really, as we've kind of been building this event for the last five years, uh, we've kind of taken some inspiration from a number of other events and put them together. So it's turned into a bit of Davos meets CES meets TED meets Burning Man meets the Oshkosh Air Show, all kind of wrapped around this incredible town of Bentonville, Arkansas. And um, and it rotates between Bentonville, Arkansas um, and, and Dallas. Um, and every year it kind of goes back and forth. And uh, it was pretty incredible. I mean, we had um, close to a thousand articles written about the event about 20 press releases um, of companies that were there. They were announcing big things. Walmart had a bunch of uh, pretty significant announcements, particularly their commitment to um, zero emission ground transportation strategy mm-hmm. with electric trucks and hydrogen trucks. Uh, we had a uh, CEO of uh, Alaska Airlines there with his, they, they flew in the 737 to do flybys, the town of Bentonville, which I'm not sure if you got to see that on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was great. And, uh, and I think it really helped remind folks in cement the idea that, you know, Northwest Arkansas and that region moves more things than any other region in the world between Walmart, J.B. Hunt, Tyson, Desso Falcon Jet, B-Bay-Debt based down in, in Little Rock. You know, the number one export out of the state of Arkansas is not chicken. It's, um, it's jets. It's aerospace. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a deep, deep, rich history and culture around aerospace in Arkansas um, and sort of the surrounding area with Oklahoma and, and Tennessee and Missouri and Louisiana, kind of this, this heartland region, um, there is not a better place in the world to kind of celebrate these future, this future of mobility. And really, the future of mobility starts with moving things better before you start moving people better. 
And if and just take a story, go back to the beginning of the aviation industry, the first industry that took off after the Wright brothers took off was the airmail industry. Uh, it was airmail that proved out navigation routes, um, manufacturing technology, pilot training, uh, all that kind of nitty gritty stuff. You need to build an ecosystem in an industry. And once, you know, the airmail got to where we're supposed to get to, like we're over and over again without the planes mm-hmm. getting lost or, or crashing. That's when people got comfortable to get on these vehicles and go fly around. Um, and I think we're seeing a similar sort of um, repeat of history now with this new world of delivery drones and flying cars and autonomous cars and electric cars and and all these just incredible toys that you know we get to play with on a daily basis. That's incredible. You know, I, I grew up in Arkansas and I moved away for uh, quite a period of time. And uh, coming back to Bentonville, I grew up in central Arkansas, coming back to Bentonville uh, was my coming home. Um, at the time when I left, I wasn't planning on on coming back. It was the early 90s, the the logo on the license plate said the land of opportunity. Um, I'm afraid uh, that there really wasn't any. And so if you were a young person at that time, you had to leave. Uh, and I'm so excited to be back and see all these amazing things that are happening here in different industries. And in particular, in the space of, of mobility, this is just, it's incredible. It's, it's awesome. And I, and I've been coming, um, to Arkansas for the better part of the last 10 years and have a home there. And, and, um, and I've had an opportunity to kind of see the region transform in front of my eyes. And, um, it's just been incredible. The energy, the collaboration, the, uh, the speed in which the companies and government and academia and entrepreneurs are all moving. In this direction, you know, clearly there were some tailwinds coming out of COVID for the region for people mm-hmm. to kind of discover what's going on in Northwest Arkansas. And, um, it's just, it's just great. So I'm sure that your state's happy to have you back. I have to ask and kind of ripping right off from the, uh, uh, community, community day for Up Summit. Dude, where's my flying car? Uh, <laughs> you know, when can I get it? Is it realistic to expect affordable flying cars? Uh, you know, any time in my lifetime, or is my son going to be the benefactor? Yeah, it, um, it it's kind of already happening, and um, and when I say happening, I have to kind of like um, kind of delineate the use cases. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, the use case of you literally walking out of your house to get into your flying car to go zip around the other side of town—that's probably ten years at best case. Okay. Um, so I think you're definitely going to see that in your, your lifetime. And I'll tell you, wow. there's a few reasons why I think that'll happen. T- 10 to 10 to 20 years from now, I think in the 2030s, that's a, that's a very realistic possibility. Now in the near term, it's already happening, but in much different types of use cases like entertainment, you know, there's a, a company called uh, Lyft aircraft, which, you know, you and I grew up going to the go-kart track to mm-hmm. go zip around. Well, now there's a, a flying car track. Uh, where you get in this little flying car, it's got a bunch of rotors on the top and um, it's really easy to fly and it's got a digital sort of boundary where how far it can go. You can't fly for very long, maybe 10, 15 minutes because it's it's fully electric. Um, but you give you an opportunity for anybody to be a pilot. And um, that's like happening now, um, which, you know, you never would have had the opportunity to go solo a helicopter and airplane with zero training before this. So I think there's a continuum of what this looks like. There, you're going to find these ad hoc, cool, interesting, you know, rural sort of opportunities um, for people to learn and play. And then ultimately, you're going to get to this place of like a mass transformation and transportation. So, you know, some of the largest automotive companies in the world, Honda, Toyota, 
um, just about every one of them out there has made some sort of bet. Hyundai and mm-hmm. all of the big, the big players, um, they're all sort of pretty publicly saying, Hey, we're, we're 2030 and beyond. It's going to take a lot of work for us to get everything built from the technology, from certification to airspace management and all those sorts of things. But, um, you're going to keep seeing more and more of these sorts of vehicles in the, in the public discourse, um, to get, people fired up and excited about this future. And I'm, I'm really fired up to get to be part of that. One, just a little itty bitty bit of part of it. Well, that's thrilling. I'm really excited to hear that. I, I honestly didn't expect to hear that it was uh, that close. So that's very exciting. You know, one area that ex- excites me is the prospect of air taxis. And I can think of a couple of uh, use cases locally. Um, you know, if, if I'm an innovator or maybe if I work for our local electric vehicle uh, maker, Canoe, if I want to leave the headquarters in Bentonville and jump down to uh, Fayetteville, I could hop in my car and drive there, or maybe I could be there in a few minutes and still also have time that day to zip over to Prior, Oklahoma and check out the, you know, their high volume production facility and, and help with some stuff there and, and get back in time for dinner and spend time with my family. And it feels like even across the region, whether it's here or a few minutes down the road in Fayetteville or over to Tulsa, Springfield, Joplin, that we can sort of expand the footprint of our region and ignore the um, sort of the political or state boundaries uh, and really have a bunch of innovation districts, so to speak, that we can bounce around between. How does that resonate with you and what are your thoughts on it? It's fully aligned with how we see the world. You know, um, Mobility, in particular, in this case, aerial mobility you're talking about, makes the world a lot smaller, mm-hmm. and it brings people together, and it makes borders disappear. Um, and it's it's this goes back to like the human reason why I'm really fired up about this because I think it can really help make the the world a better place for people to better understand each other and experience different cultures and different regions and different uh, economies. Um, and if you can make it, you know, low cost, safe like completely democratized for the benefit betterment of everyone. That's not a, you know, 30 year aviator, with lots of, you know, it's very expensive to learn how to fly a traditional helicopter airplane. Um, this is just, this is a really exciting future. And, um, and it's not a technology problem back to like the physics thing. Physics is all the physics problems are solved here. Um, and actually the technologies are pretty well solved. It's really primarily certification and getting to enough scale where you can get costs down and solving some, some big infrastructure stuff like airspace management um, and um, and recharging because you really do have to base this entire future off of an electric future. Um, that doing it with gas powered stuff is, is probably not going to be the best way to go about doing it. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, you know when I was growing up, of all things, I wanted to be an astronaut. I grew up in the era of watching the space shuttles fly and uh, wanted to be an astronaut. And for one reason or another, starting with in those days, you had to the pathway, uh, I believe, was you basically became a military pilot and had to be one of the best of the best. And then you might have a shot at becoming an astronaut. Turned out I didn't have 20-20 vision. And uh, so that pathway was blocked for me. But even beyond that, I didn't grow up wealthy. And so thinking about the the opportunity to fly it all, even if I made it through the pathway of becoming a, a pilot, just the cost to do it. Uh, was prohibitive. And it really does seem like this is going to lower those barriers um, to, you know, democratize, if you will, um, transportation and aviation for everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, bud. I too wanted to be an astronaut. And, and I hope that I get to, 
I hope that we both get to be one with all the new crazy cool stuff that's happening in space. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility for you to go to space in, in your lifetime. That would be amazing. Uh, hey, in February, Governor Hutchinson announced the State of Arkansas Council on uh, Future Mobility. And of course, he named you as the uh, chair of that council. So first of all, congratulations. And yeah, second, um, thank you for your service to the people of Arkansas. And as we've been talking about really here to humanity, what's the role of the council and what does this mean for our state? We've touched on a little bit on it, but what does it mean for our state as um, you really the mobility leader of the future? Yeah, well, um, first off, my big, big, big gratitude for Governor Hutchinson and his vision and seeing all of the stuff that's happening in mobility and recognizing as, as the chief executive of the state that if you really want the state and its citizens and its companies and its its students and all the entire ecosystem to benefit from this incredible future, you need to get all the leaders together and start thinking about how how do we prepare the state to be in a position to become the epicenter in the future of how people and goods move ground, air, sea, and space. And so when he announced the council, he, um, in addition to myself, selected leaders from Walmart, from J.B. Hunt, from uh, the utility companies, from policymakers from the University of Arkansas to um, you just, you name it, everybody that could have some hand in this, this future uh, from academia, from policy to investment to large corporates that had exposure here already brought us together and said, hey, you all have until November to tell me and my team what we need to do to knock down barriers to make it easy for companies to come here, to, to operate here, to figure out ways for us to make investments into uh, transformative companies in the space, to prepare our workforce, uh, to be ready to take advantage of this opportunity, to, to uh, create an academic framework for, for students, both not only in University of Arkansas, but in community colleges and throughout, throughout the state to be a part of this, this revolution. And, uh, you know, the state of Arkansas has, has punched bef- above its weight for quite some time, um, be it from a business perspective or political perspective. Uh, and I think uh, launching this really first in the nation sort of thing, no other nation has something, no, no other state in the nation has this kind of council put together. You have states that are kind of leaders in different areas of mobility, mm-hmm. but you don't have one that's really said, hey, we're going to bring them all together into to one strategy. Um because the state's already doing leadership things in the different parts of the strategy. So, for instance, you know, you have drone delivery happening with Walmart in Pea Ridge right now, and that's getting ready to be launched throughout the state. You got autonomous trucks driving around the, the roads in, in Arkansas right now with, with Gaddick. You've got JB Hunt that's doing um, trials with, with Waymo, uh, with Google's company, and a number of, number of other partners. Uh, you've got Walmart's partnership with Cruise, fully autonomous uh, AV company. Uh, you've got um, game composites building airplanes in Arkansas along with, with, um, Deso Falcon Jet. Uh, you have the entire, um, defense aerospace network down in, in the, in Southern Arkansas. So you have all this stuff that's happening and really there had never been sort of a packaging of the, of the total story. And this really goes down to one of the bigger parts of the work for the council is storytelling. You know, it does no good if you do a lot of good work, but people don't know about it and, right. and getting inspired by it and sharing, you know, all, all the, the, the possible outcomes from, from doing that could work. And so, um, we're having a blast. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and we've already had some pretty cool wins, uh, that uh, we'll be announcing here in the not so distant future that, um, I'll tell you when I started this, I didn't expect some of these outcomes to happen as quickly as they're happening. Um, and it also goes to the, 
to the speed that a state like Arkansas can move. I mean, when we, we have things that come up within minutes, we've got all the decision makers on a, on a call and say, yes, let's do it. Let's move. Um, work in any sort of government related thing. I've been pretty much focused on private sector and always had somewhat of a, you know, kind of squinty eyed look towards doing any government because you don't always hear great things about working in and around government. Man, this mm-hmm. has been an incredible experience. Uh, hopeful experience. Uh, again, a testament to uh, Governor Hutchinson's administration and the folks he's got around him to, to help everybody move real quick. You bet. Yeah, I, I think Governor Hutchinson has done an amazing job for economic development here in Arkansas. I mean, this guy is not unlike him to pick up the phone to call the CEO of a 30-person company and say, hey, here's why you should be here. Uh, I don't think you would find that uh, anywhere else. And to be really forward-thinking and and see this opportunity to make Arkansas the epicenter for mobility, I think it's, it's, it's really brilliant. I mean, it was under his administration uh, that we also became the first state to require something that, frankly, I thought before it happened was a requirement in places. And that is that every kid has to take some kind of computer course to graduate from high school. Arkansas was the first state to do it. Uh, hearing all the things that you just mentioned in the uh, aviation industry and other parts of mobility, I don't think most people outside the state of Arkansas would have uh, a clue that that's happening here. And so I'm looking forward to uh, the stories uh, that uh, your council is able to bring forward and the the work that you're doing and the wins that we're about to see here in the near future. I want to, I want to hit on that computer engineering thing sure. you just mentioned. Um, you know, uh, Governor Hutchinson's also the chairman of the National Governors Association. So he's mm-hmm. the elected governor of governors by you know, all 50 of the other, both red and blue governors. Um, and his number one nationwide um, strategy policy thing on his agenda as a chairman of this organization is uh, proliferating uh, STEM education, um, science, technology, engineering, and math. And um, I, as an engineer, as an entrepreneur, as an investor, um, in the world that we're living in, from a competitive nature with China and Russia and Europe and the whole, all that kind of stuff, if we don't get this country on the right direction as it relates to educating our children around, in my opinion, things that really matter, um, like the sort of stuff we're talking about, mm-hmm. being focused on you know social media and, and just pulling eyeballs away from people to go sell stuff versus go build stuff and create a future that's worth getting up and excited about. Um, that's that's pretty darn important, and uh, and I'm really really excited to to see um, the outcome of of that those set of initiatives that are happening start first locally in the region, then throughout the state, throughout the country, and perhaps for the rest of the world. And uh, it's important stuff. You bet. Yeah, I mean, I I remember myself in in high school taking um, you know some uh, I took basic programming, COBOL programming, which was already far outdated by the time I took it. Uh, but at least it was a step in a direction, right? And I, as I grew up and really, you know, for a period, um, I almost got the sense that there wasn't much to inspire folks anymore in that direction. But now with all of this, there absolutely is. I, I think a, a child or a, a student in school or early in college even can, can see very directly that there's an opportunity in the future if they simply go this path. Uh, yeah, and it's sure. an amazing opportunity. Well, so just yesterday, so today is, uh, since this uh, episode will come out in almost a couple of weeks from now, today's July 7th, 2022. Just yesterday, 
the University of Arkansas announced a planning grant that they'll use to support the university's vision of becoming the preeminent uh, university in smart mobility. Uh, targeted areas include, as you know, next generation vehicles, unmanned aerial mobility, artificial intelligence for uh, smart mobility. Um, with all the things that that you mentioned, and just thinking about this area with, you know, both Zipline and DroneUp uh, delivering for what a year now for for uh, Walmart locally with Walmart and Gaddick uh, moving autonomous trucks without a safety driver in it going on. I think we're in the 25th month. That was a world first. Uh, and all the other things that, that you've described that are happening, uh, in my view, uh, Arkansas and, and now Bentonville, Northwest Arkansas has staked its claim as ground zero, really the epicenter for the future of mobility and how we move goods and people and perhaps services. You've talked a lot about that, but is there anything else you would like to add? Well, I mean, first off, I, you know, this specific news about the, what the university is doing with the support of the Walton Family Foundation that's, that's uh, really backing that entire mm-hmm. initiative is exactly the kind of stuff that we would hope would come out of bringing everybody together to talk about what are the different elements around building an ecosystem that can create a flywheel that will self-sustain itself and, and help, help create, you know, um, you know, Stuart Walton recently shared this line of, you know, really help Bentonville and the region tell its best story. And this is one of the best stories in the region. And how do you, how do you amplify that story um, and enhance that story and figure out what are the things that can, can make it more impactful again, not just in the region, not just in the state, not just in the country, but the whole world. And have a place where people look up to and be inspired and go like, hey, if I want to, you know, Silicon um, Valley is no longer a place. Mm-hmm. It's a headset. It's a headset around innovation and disrupting what was in the past for a greater future. And, you know, it's no longer a uh, thing that is completely uh, monopolized by the coasts anymore. You know, the, the heartland is really getting the opportunity to be a home for innovation and, and technology and and supporting, you know, humanity in a very different way. And and really, again, it starts with education as one of the most important things. And, you know, it's it's not always the sexiest thing to talk about. But if you're thinking in 10-year increments, it's like the most important thing to be talking about. Yes. And um, and so this this announcement, I was just so thrilled and excited to see because it just keeps the, snow, the flywheel spinning faster and faster. It does. You know, I realize, and we've talked a lot about this, but I'd love to hear more. You know, I realize you have your responsibility as the leader of the state council, uh, but how should mobility leaders be thinking about having a presence here in Bentonville to take advantage of what's happening here? Uh, you, you know, you one of the biggest drivers being around in Bentonville for right now is working with the largest companies in the area to support their ultimate goal, which is get... Um, products to customers as quick as most inexpensively as possible to increase mm-hmm. the quality of life. Um, so anybody that's in the world of moving goods, primarily cleaner, faster, safer, lower costs on the ground, air, sea, and maybe one day space for Walmart in this particular case. Um, you know, there's, there's a pretty big customer that's sitting around the corner there. That's probably pretty interested to hear about what you're, what you're developing. And I really, my hat's off to Walmart for, you know, being so forward thinking, you know, Everybody thinks about large, big companies being 
sort of stodgy and like you can't get them to, you know, think differently and, and move because they're giant, you know, aircraft carriers that don't really turn on a dime fuel. Mm-hmm. But man, I have been so impressed with the, the rate at which Walmart, both in the U.S. and internationally, has been adopting technologies that you wouldn't have maybe called a few years ago. Um, because they're willing to take risks. They're re- re- willing to learn. Um, and they're willing to go out there and stake a claim. And, you know, many people look at Amazon as kind of the sexy technology company as it relates to, you know, e-commerce and, and, uh, food delivery and all that. But I'll tell you, um, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that they're keeping up with Walmart right now. A lot of the things that Walmart's doing, um, and in many, many ways beating the pants off. Them. Um, now, you know, not that there's any competition in the region about this kind of stuff, but it's, it's just cool to see, um, that there's a different story about what Walmart is today versus what it maybe was 10 or 20 years ago. Um, and it's, uh, it's cool to see. So anyways, this goes back to your question. You know, it's having this, this ecosystem of these large companies like JB Hunt, Tyson, Walmart, um, Canoe being there. And now the university is really supporting it, um, to, to find ways to do, op- to, to, um, partner. Then it comes to like companies that are not directly related that want to be there and take advantage of the ecosystem and how do they thrive and how do they build and, you know, investments a big part of that. And so, you know, we as investors are particularly keen and interested in companies that want to be in Northwest Arkansas and, and that have an interest in this space and always willing to take a call. So if there's anybody on your podcast listening that wants to talk about that, you've got a friendly ear waiting out here, here to hear your pitch. Um, and there's a number of other investors in the area. So this is all about, again, building that ecosystem that pulls people in, have a high quality of life, have a low cost of living, have good customer base, have lots of fun things to do outdoors and, uh, and kind of work together to make the world a better place. That's great. Um, so there's your open invitation. Um, and, uh, since you said it, what's the best ways to re- oh, best way to reach you, Cyrus? Best way is to email me. It's Cyrus at up.partners. So it's pretty simple. Pretty straightforward. Hey, if somebody out there wants to get involved in where this mobility thing is going, I mean, say it's a student of any age, how do they get started? Well, that's that's part of what we're we're going to be doing with the council in, in, in our final report in November is be able to discreetly answer that question. And I'm happy to ask the question because one of the most surprising things that, that happened after the governor announced the formation of this council were the LinkedIn messages I got. And they were not from the people I thought I'd be getting LinkedIn messages from. They were from school teachers. They were from college students. It's from the Arkansas Tesla Club president. And every one of them going, wow, this is so cool. How do we get involved and be a part of this? Dozens of maybe not hundreds of these types of messages. And it it really took me back. I was like, wow, I did not expect... I thought maybe it was all the entrepreneurs, the corporates. No, it's, it's the people that actually benefit from this stuff that were the ones that were reaching out. And, um, and that was kind of a signal that, Hey, we're on the right track. That yeah. this is, this is something that's really touching the hearts and minds of people and giving them a hope about it. A more, a more clean and more equitable, more, um, beautiful world for us to, to collectively live in. And, um, and it, you know, it goes to what's really special about, about Arkansas that I've come to really appreciate over the last 10 years is that there's really a feeling of community. 
And, um, you know, I've, I've traveled in just about every nook and cranny of this country. Um, the, all the pretty places and a lot of the not so pretty places. And, um, and I can't tell you, I found a place that feels more like a community than I have felt in, in Arkansas. There's a certain pride of taking care of your neighbor. There's, um, a, uh, a fellowship. There's, um, a humanistic, a being, thing of being outside and being playful and, and doing stuff that some people might think it's crazy and, uh, going out and going after it. And that's inspiring. And I'm, I'm excited to get to, to benefit from it and, and maybe be a, a contributor to it. It's, it's truly that way. One of the many reasons, uh, or, or one of the primary reasons that uh, I chose to bring my family here, we had to be part of it. Um, we were looking for that last place to stop and a place to, you know, raise our family and have a place that, uh, you know, our son and if we have other children uh, can, even if they decide to leave for whatever reason, that they'll be more than happy to uh, come back to. Uh, the, the level of opportunity here now is just mind-blowing to me. It's, it's remarkable. Um, you know, as we come yeah, in, I want, on, I want to hit on that point yeah, real yeah. quick. Um, you know, Alice Walton was at our, at, at our event, the up summit and, we, and she effectively hosted us at, at crystal bridges. Now, crystal mm -hmm. bridges really has never been shut down before, like since the beginning of its existence. Um, and it was, it was shut down for this up summit. So it was a pretty big honor to get to have, you know, that the entire facility used for what we're doing. Um, and uh, Alice called herself her, uh, comebacker. Cause she had left to Dallas and then came mm -hmm. back to, to Arkansas and was talking about that story of having a place that you want to come back to and help, help, help build. And I thought it was, I never heard that term before, but you know, you, you reminded me through your, your own personal journey that you're, you're not the only one and, and maybe not your kids as well. Yeah. I'm thinking real hard as an economic developer about how to tap into that. Um, I've also heard them uh, folks in that group referred to as, as boomerangs. Uh, and, and maybe I need to just start going out and finding all the innovative boomerangs and bringing them home. Seems yeah. like the right thing to do. Um, back to Bentonville for a moment as we start bringing this thing in for a landing. Uh, will you tell me a story that is, I'll call it a story or a moment that you've had here that's a sort of a, that you would label hashtag because Bentonville. And I'll give you a really simple uh, moment for me. It's the first time I saw a bike detour sign. Never seen that anywhere else before. That's, that's cute. Um, yeah, I've got one story that resonates. So, um, a couple of years ago, I was, um, I was in town and I had to, um, fly, fly out, I think back to California and I was, uh, going through XNA and I was, I was late for my flight and I had a rental car and I was, uh, ripping through kind of on my way through the rental car facility. And I kind of parked real quick, grabbed my bag and I'm, you know, doing my hundred meter dash to the security gate to go, you know, go through X-ray machine and, I put my bag through the x-ray machine and I pull up all the stuff out of my pocket. And I realize I've got the car keys to the oh. rental car in my hand. And like, I can see like the plane's about to leave, like right out that way in front of me. And my bag has already gone through the x-ray and I'm kind of confused. I'm like, wait a minute, what do I do? Do I go this way? My bag's over there. And I'm this moment of like trying to calculate how I should deal with this. And, um, all of a sudden I hear somebody say, which rental car company? Huh. I kind of looked up a bit confused and it was the TSA agent. Say, excuse me. He said, looks like you're late for your flight. You left your rental car keys here. Which rental car company? And I said, Enterprise. He says, give them me. I'll take care of it for you. Wow. And, uh, that was kind of a moment where I was like, they don't, they make them a little different out here. <laughs> um, and so, was, and I actually asked him, I said, Hey, you know, 
who's your boss? Um, you know, I'd like to tell him about what you did. He said, I'm the boss. And, um, so it shows why you're the boss. And, um, so that, that was a really special sort of humanistic part of, of being in that area that I'll, I'll never forget. Wow. That's incredible. Um, taxiing down the runway. Last question. Uh, actually, I have two questions for you. Uh, let me ask this one first. What should I have asked you that I did not? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I think, um, you know, with all the challenging things that are happening in the world, and I don't need to go list them out because we get bombarded mm-hmm. with um, with information through the media and whatnot, it's easy to, to wake up and not be particularly hopeful about the direction humanity is going, direction the West is going, the direction U.S. is going, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, when, when we think about um, what our individual responsibility is in that, um, we all have a lot of actual capacity to change that story by sort of just taking personal responsibility about what can I do to make this world a little, a little bit more bright and a little bit more hopeful. And you get enough people thinking that way and acting that way, um, a bunch of little candles will turn into a really, really big flame. And, um, and I think people are, are really digging deep for hope and something to get, get excited about when they wake up in the morning. Um, that, that this, there will be a better world for when their kids grow up. Um, and that it's worth working a little extra hard to go do that. And, um, so it's not really a question, but really sort of a philosophy. And back to that hell yes thing. That to me is a hell yes. How can we keep, keep our minds pure and, and inspired so that we can inspire those around us. And you do that enough times, history shows generally good things will happen. And that's cool. I, I feel like you are delivering inspiration and hope to people. Uh, and um, man, uh, last question. What's the most important thing that you've learned this year? Power community, hands down. This is a new experience for me, but I'm just, you know, I'm 40 years old. I just turned 40 this year. And, um, this experience with the mobility council, with Arkansas, with, you know, Bentonville, with the university, with Walmart, with JP Hunt, with all realizing the power of community. When you get people all kind of seeing a vision and a vision that they want to get behind, how powerful that is. And it inspires me like these, the Tesla, club of Arkansas guy and the, the school teacher and the, the, the college student, whatever, all, you know, everybody going, let's, let's go change the world and do it together as a community. And it's, it's been really inspiring. It makes it a lot easier for me to, to spend a little extra time working on, you know, something that's not my day job. Mm-hmm. I got, I have, I have bosses or my investors that I need to give back a lot more money than they gave us. Um, but you know, this, this all sort of supports, you know, the, this sort of idea of transforming the moving world. So I think, um, I'm excited to learn more of those types of lessons that were not expected lessons and, um, and give people an opportunity to participate in it. So I think that's what really the next sort of lesson is. Okay. Get people inspired to want to go do something. Now give them things to go do, um, and allow them to be successful and get out of their way. That's awesome. Well, you're doing that. Uh, thank you, Cyrus, so much for uh, coming on the Bentonville Beacon podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. 
my goodness. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go listen to this podcast about 15 times uh, <laughs> after it's ready. <laughs> There's uh, lots of jewels in there. Uh, and, you know, I, I appreciate you sort of giving us a glimpse uh, into your life, into the things that you're doing and where this world is really going. Hey, thank you to the Bentonville Beacon audience. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and visit BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com for more of these episodes, both the first uh, season, which is about Bentonville's outdoor recreation industry, and of course, this new season uh, with mobility. Come learn about Bentonville and its leaders and its businesses and Northwest Arkansas and why this is a place where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.